The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The most important thing about your business could be how your products are packaged. Packaging is the signature that you leave everywhere, and it speaks volumes about who you are and what you do. This is Ditch the Box with David Marinak. In today's show, we'll talk about marketing, increased sales, and how it relates to product packaging. Have you explored alternatives like flexible packaging? You should. It can save your company a bundle. Now, here is David Marinak. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Ditch the Box, the marketing slash flexible retail packaging slash how to build your brand radio show. I'm David Marinak, your host. As you know, our show is about marketing and flexible retail packaging with a few other related topics in between, such as how to build your brand, dealing with major retailers, and even supply chain. And as I mentioned last week, and we'll continue to mention over the course of this program, our business, Flexible Retail Packaging, revolves around marketing. How we communicate everything there is to know about stand-up pouches, flat barrier bags, spouted stand-up bags for liquids, etc. Even further, people who need flexible retail packaging and use it need to know about the materials that are needed. The combinations of engineered barrier film needed to protect the contents of their package. They'll need to know whether the barrier properties of the film and how they react how the film should be and could be printed, sealed, even shipped and stored. The point I'm getting at, once again, marketing is key. We truly believe whoever communicates best wins. Now, marketing has certainly evolved over the years. The days of an ad agency to get the word out about a company's product or service are long gone, replaced with content marketing, also known as inbound marketing, such as blogs, videos, LinkedIn, social media, e-books, e-newsletters, and more. All of these tools can be used. In fact, they should be used to communicate with customers and potential customers. And here today to shed some more light onto the world of content marketing is my friend Owen Blevins. Today's guest refers to himself as a serial entrepreneur. Owen has started and sold more than a dozen businesses in his career and has a deep passion for sales and marketing. In January 2013, he opened Focus Inbound, where he helps businesses harvest revenue from the internet economy by increasing their online monetization. He does this by analyzing a company's market and then helps them develop strategies to dominate their specific vertical with a focus on onbound or I'm sorry online or inbound marketing. Whether your company is involved in or considering blogging, online video, social media, verticals, calls to action, landing pages, gamification, etc., retargeting even as well, search engine mark optimization or website analytics as part of your online strategy. Owen's company can help recommend the right approach, minimizing startup time and costs, and maximizing opportunities. Owen is a Lancaster County native in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, who resides in Littitz with his wife, Molly, and two children, Liam, who's 14, Amelia, 12, and the newest member of the family, Scout. 16th-month-old, I think now, what, 17, 18-month-old, would you say? Yeah, he's 18 months. Okay. He enjoys camping and cycling in his family and is a, with his family and is a, a licensed private pilot. Owen is also active in the community, having been a big brother, 
board member for the Hugh O'Brien Youth Foundation, a member of the marketing committee for the Boy Scouts of America, the PA Dutch Council Chapter, and past participating stakeholder with the Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Protection. He is active in his church and currently serves as an assistant scoutmaster for Boy Scout Troop 142 in Lidditz, Pennsylvania. Famous Boy Scout troop because of Liam. Oh, yeah. That in Lidditz, Pennsylvania. Owen, welcome to the show, my friend. David, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. I'm delighted to get a few minutes to chat with you this afternoon. It'll be nice. Yeah, we we did this before, and and folks, you'll recognize Owen from from the bio and such. But you know what? We needed to kind of we we really never had the time to really dig in like we wanted to. And pretty soon we looked at one segment and went, "Wow, I asked you one question, and I think we're done." Um, so we decided to kind of have you back, and and I'm grateful for you coming back. We're calling this the Owen Blevins Take Two. Uh, so I'm going to ask you some of the some of the same questions, but more for our audience's benefit as well. I know you know this like the back of your hand, and I'm a big fan. But I want to kind of start into that, as I mentioned, that 30,000-foot view of content marketing at the beginning or inbound strategies um, from you and I. But all the tools you work with on a regular basis, like pay-per-click, AdWords, et cetera, you and I both know that this, indus- this industry has evolved over the past five or ten years, really from scratch, from nothing. But where did this industry come from, if you will? What what really kind of what happened? Where did this industry come from out of nowhere? Um, well, that's if, a that's a great question. I I probably can explore that with you. I have my own thoughts, but I'm sure I'd be I'd definitely be interested in yours as well. Because I think anybody that number one tells you they're an expert in this industry, I would run probably not walk <laughs> away from them. Right? That's I mean, I'm I, I uh, what do they say? I have. Uh, Good judgment, which I gained from experience, which I gained yep. from bad judgment, right? That's so, right. Right. Um, you know, we're all testing and trying and, and working at it to see what works for our unique situations, you know, in my case, for my clients. Uh, before I uh, became a practitioner in this industry, I did it myself and as you do it, right? So, you know, school hard knocks, whatever you want to call it. I'm trying to think back uh, when I became Know, consciously aware of you know what what they're calling or they called inbound marketing and right 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 probably going back to two thousand for me two thousand seven eight maybe I was just uh, going to throw that out there because I think you're right because it was right around this time of this convergence if you will of Thomas Register remember Thomas Net oh goodness remember the old yeah. big green books that they had yeah and the, and the blue books uh, oh, for the construction yeah. industry sure sure and it was just one of those things that just it was like God if this could ever be on this new kind of gadget this new computer if you will that we just kind of all started to buy for ourselves or maybe the office bought one or whatever but yeah it was kind of like right around that time we started seeing some of these companies that were certainly. You were coming from the, you know, again, at that time, I believe it was construction, concrete, that kind of stuff, right? Back in those yep. days. Yep, in those and days, yeah. I, too, was really in the heavy industrial packaging. But you and I were both kind of early innovators and saw the marketing piece saying, wait a minute, if that's good enough for whoever the bigger brands were that were doing it, it was more like on online retail, if you will. But it was like, hey, if it's good enough for those guys, what if we did our tired and stale businesses like concrete or packaging and got into this inbound world, and, yeah. and that's kind of you know that's kind of where this probably all started. So if you think back, um, think back to uh, okay, yellow pages, right? right? 
Right. Then they started doing that, what I call low earth orbit decay, right? It, all of a sudden, they just weren't gaining market yeah. share revenue. It was getting tougher and tougher to sell yellow yep. pages. And everybody said, yep. hey, I'm going online for my info, right? right? And then think back to the Barack Obama marketing campaign for President of the United States, first time he ran, right? I mean, yes. that, was, that was what really made, I think, the public or the press aware of this social media slash inbound marketing, right? And he used, you know, they, his campaign used serious analytics, uh, yep. very sophisticated marketing strategies and tactics. You know, okay, if we can get somebody to donate $10, can we get them to tweet that so their friends will get it and blah, blah, blah. And it was just a very, I'm just scratching the surface, but they're huge uh, uh, white papers written and studied. You know, people have studied about that. And, and I think if I'm going to say when I became consciously aware of it and, and interested in it, I would tell you in and around that 2007-8 time frame when I guess it was really you know, kind of brought to the forefront. Now, it was very expensive, very wah-wah west. And you know, right. back then, SEO you basically brought somebody on board to trick Google, right? You didn't, right. Not, not too many people did it the right way. Right. Most people wanted to uh, figure out a shortcut. way to shortcut the system, right? And, you know, if you will, uh, sneak their way into somebody's, uh, onto their desktop, right? And That's right. And since then, of course, Google's gotten really smart. And those that stuck to their guns and did it, as we call it, the old-fashioned way and actually, you know, gave people great content that educated and informed others without expecting anything in return, literally, I mean, there is so much information out there and was in the beginning. It started out with, all right, look, here's a, here's a white paper. If you don't want to pay us to do it, here's how you do it. And, of course, the intent was to qualify their audience. Those that were going to do it themselves anyway would take that and try and run with it. Those that knew they weren't going to do it wanted to educate themselves on it, maybe boost their confidence in the author or the uh, – thought leadership of that author, and then perhaps reach out to them once they became more comfortable with how they were going to take them through that process, right? And that always fascinated me, you know, because we really went away from that selly cell, right? You know, banner right. ads and click-throughs sure. and all that junk. And you know, again, there are, I would say, instances where some of that stuff's effective. But, you know, for the most part, what you and I deal in every day, day in and day out, it's, it's quality content, that educates and informs your audience, correct? But Absolutely. And I'm going to stay with that for a second. Number one, I was jotting some notes down when you're talking about Obama back in the day. If you remember, I remember hearing in the, in the regular the media where they were saying how he, doesn't, he won't give up his BlackBerry. He won't give up his BlackBerry. And, and, he, and he was right out. He goes, I, I'm, I live on this phone. And I, I don't know. I, I think it was a BlackBerry. You're but, right. No, it was, um, it was. And that was like all the people are like, that's heresy. You, you, you <laughs> can't take down his phone. That's ridiculous. And, um, and that really was, like you said, the coming of age, if you will, of this stuff's not a fad. It's not going away. And it just kind of st- – and to stay with that, that point, you had mentioned something right before um, was that – all these pieces kind of tie together. You had said something where 
somebody wants to consume a white paper that somebody writes, and then they want to click through and learn more about the author, and then you kind of click through and learn or see other things that that author wrote about, and then you kind of and being fascinated with that is something, and 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 I and I and I and I mean this complete and and flattering towards you. You've taken it further than I ever did. I was ready for that. Hey, read the white paper. Um, here's my credit card. Um, you always went the direction in, in all respect. You say, well, wait a minute. Where did that person come from? And where did that person come from? And, and where, what article did they read? And which video did they watch to read that article that kind of hit a call to action? And you're right. And that's the way they all attach and kind of connect together is is something that I've seen passion in you because that's where you kind of run with this. Well, it's so I, fun. Just, it is just, so much fun, right? Yeah, it's a trip. I mean, seeing, I mean, let's let's be honest. All right, you know, for those that are maybe not, I I I, I sometimes forget the audience, and what I should be doing is explaining perhaps the difference what we think uh, as traditional or outbound marketing versus right. inbound marketing, right? right? So we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, and and so you know this 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 traditional outbound where we, you know, did you know, what was it John Wanamaker who said you know I know fifty percent of my advertising is working I just don't know which fifty percent right <laughs> exactly. so right and that was a hundred and some years ago he said that for God's sakes I mean clearly a visionary but you know this inbound is taking all that away if you're doing it properly uh, you can uh, amplify and uh, duplicate what works. But more importantly, get rid of what doesn't work. Yeah, right. You can see it. Yeah, and that is just so much power. Now, this is by all means. Let's let's make no mistakes about it. This is heavy lifting. This is a lot of work. This isn't easy, right? This is this is a commitment. A lot of people say, "Oh, well, I'm just going to hire an agency and they can write my blog articles and and write." Questions uh, or answer and the cash people's will questions. Come rolling in, right, Owen? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Everybody has these expe- what I call unrealistic expectations, and you know, I'm 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 going to toot your horn a little bit here and tell you, you know, that if people are doing it the way you're doing it, they're going to have success, right? You have embraced it. Your team has embraced it. Everyone is responsible for marketing your company. Uh, also, providing an incredible customer experience, right? Before, during, and after the sale, right? And, you know, these are, you know, I hate, I hate to say there's any, um, there's not a magic bullet here. It's, it's just a lot of good strategies and tactics that people in the company understand and employ on a consistent basis, right? Well, I, I appreciate your kind words, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with that because you mentioned something that's really important. And it's it's great for our listeners to understand this. And we were just chatting online earlier before the interview. People have to understand there is no magic or secret bullet. This is not um, incredibly backbreaking work. It's hard work, though. There's no shortcut. Yeah, there's ways you can kind of you know outsource some stuff, but. At the end of the day, um, you know, what really works, and I think you'll agree, is if you, you really and truly commit to this, you know, it's not a one-month process. It's six months and beyond for you to really see the benefits of your work. Would you agree that that's that kind of time frame? Yes, you yeah. see results Amen. really quick. Yeah, amen. This is not a 100-yard dash. 
right. this is this is a marathon. Right. And those that think they're going to have overnight success or a quick ROI on this, no. This is this is a culture, right? This is a this is something that consumes a lot of brain cells to map out and strategize with and have great content and awesome calls to action and great videos that support all of those calls to action and all that content, right? And, you know, software automation that helps you identify who your highest and best use prospects are, right? And when to reach out to them, if they're on your pricing page, perhaps, right? That's a good time to reach out to somebody. Sure. Um, All kinds of stuff like that. But I mean, it's just, you just don't, hire an agency and say, make it so. There's lots of agencies out there. I'm, obviously, I'm not here to disparage any agencies, but no. there's lots of agencies out there that will tell you, we have a team that works on your behalf to take your company uh, into the digital age, the, the inbound age. And yeah, just drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah, right. it, it doesn't work. And right. you know, part of my most challenging uh, problem that I have when I meet with a client and they're, intervie- they're interviewing me, but as much as they're interviewing me, I'm interviewing them. Right. I want to make sure that that leader has that vision, understands the, the roadmap that it's going to need to, you know, that it's going to be needed to get his team there and the commitment by not only him, but his team. And if we don't have that, that's usually a good indication to me that I'm not going to have success because I have yet to find a client that's going to take responsibility for their own failure. Typically, <laughs> they'll, they'll point the finger, but it's typically not at themselves. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. And, right? and, and, I, and I think it's interesting because you, you mentioned when you're, when you're talking with a prospective client and you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing, interviewing you, et cetera. One of the things that our, our good friend Marcus Sheridan also really kind of um, yeah, trying to get the buy-in. So, for example, if you're having the conversation with somebody in the marketing department that brings somebody in, they're going to talk about inbound marketing, you have to kind of make sure that somehow, some way you find or get the buy-in from the boss or the big boss or the head guy or whatever. And, and, and I don't want to say vice versa, but you also just the opposite – um, or, or just to kind of the, the same stay with that vein, if you're, if you're dealing with the big boss, you have to also make sure that you get the buy-in from all the other minions, if you will, in that marketing department to make sure that they carry it through. Because what I'm saying in all this, and I think you'll agree, it does not work if you don't have complete 100% buy-in. Yes? Oh, it, it, you're, you're absolutely right. There are thousands of marketing managers out there just begging for the rest of their company or right. their company ownership to buy into this because, you know, okay, well, we hired somebody. Now, now we're going to have an online presence. Right. Well, yeah, you're going <laughs> to, but it's not going to be effective. It's, right. it's not going to do what you expect it to do. And typically, you know, that marketing manager will get a call three to six months after they've been hired saying, okay, show me my ROI. You know, right. We spent X number of dollars on you. We've right. put in uh, marketing automation software, and we've uh, spent a lot of time doing this, that, and the other thing. Where's the ROI, right? When they haven't done anything to, if you will, support that marketing manager. And so 
you know, great story, of course, that our friend Marcus Sheraton shares with is Block Imaging, right? And yeah, uh, right. Their marketing manager, I think her name Krista, if I'm not mistaken, she went to Marcus and said, "Hey, I got a problem. I." I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I understand exactly what you're saying. I want to do this. I, I think inbound's the way to go. I think blogging's the way to go. And by the way, these folks sell used MRI machines for yeah, a half million right, bucks, right. right? So, and they clearly are the King Kong of their industry now because Marcus was asked to come in there by the marketing manager. Fortunately, the owner was smart, right? The president was smart. He said, you know what? I think Chris is a pretty sharp cookie. I don't know this Marcus guy. I've, he's at that point probably had read a couple of blog articles, was drinking the proverbial Kool-Aid to some degree, but gave his employee that latitude to bring Marcus in. He had a content marketing workshop, and the rest is history. That company is they, – they own their space. Yeah, right? they're killing it. Yep. Right? They own their space. And, you know, David, you know, aren't you doing the same thing, right? I mean, look at what you've done with your company. I'm not – I hope you're you're not. Uh, I can't see you. So I don't know whether you're blushing or not. But you know, <laughs> that's all good. Listen, it's you've good. done. I've, you and I met as um, we were in this space, different spaces, obviously, different verticals, but yep. we were just working at this separately. But yet, you know, talking and whatnot. We, our mutual friend uh, Cliff Pollan introduced yep. us. Gosh, it's going back five years. Oh, I know. And um, you know, we both kind of picked each other's brain and saw what each other was doing and decided to adopt some things that the other was doing. And I think, you know, we've obviously been, you know, good friends, you know, ever since. But I look at your company and what you've done uh, with stand-up pouches. It's nothing short of incredible, my friend. Well, you've I done appreciate a great, that. great job. And you've got such great content out there. And as I said, if somebody wants to know how to do this, Go to your website. For goodness sakes, you've got so much content, videos and blogs and white papers. And, you know, let's not forget the proverbial phone number for people to call if they actually want to talk to a, a human. Well, that's you can do that's, that at your place, too. Well, I thank you. And, and, and full disclosure, full disclosure, it was your blueprint that we followed. So for everyone's, everyone's benefit. And, and when we, we're, we've got a few more minutes before the break. But your blueprint, and we're going to have to be a great tie-in for the second half, is is what really kind of got us on our course. So we're going to start when we come back from a break, getting into that, you know, dealing with focus inbound and and how that. But I want to stay just as the few minutes left. What is your take on how to get a how to get the buy in from the big boss? Uh, if is there there is no magic bullet. I know that, but what do you try to do when you finally get that big boss on the phone face to face? How do you kind of like get him to drink the Kool-Aid? So again, during my interview process or our, I call it 360 interview, right? They're interviewing us. We're interviewing them. You know, really want to get down to philosophies. You know, are they customer centric? Do they really care about their customers? You know, talk to me a little bit about your after sale, right? What do you do with your clients, uh, you know, during the first three, six, 12 months? How, how do you maintain your relationship with them. And we go backwards from that. Okay, what kind of marketing, uh, what do you believe in? Is What's your philosophy for marketing? Do you, do you want to sell someone something or do you want to educate and inform, right? So I kind of get those basics, but I want to see if they're bought in, right? Are they, am I going to be, are they going to be working as hard on their business as I'm going to be working on their business, right? So I want to make sure that that owner has uh, skin in the game. And, I, you know, whether or not that's a, 
a feel that I get or some tangible evidence that I can see. But typically, I'll read that in their employees, right? I was at a company yesterday, small but mighty company, very impressive, uh, 11 or so employees. And I make it a point to introduce myself, walk around the office, introduce myself, ask everybody their names, what they do, how long they've been there, and just try to gauge their um, social uh, interaction, right? And see their level of commitment, their enthusiasm, and you know, see where their, their head's at. And this, this company was just off the hook. I, I could not find one employee I was not incredibly impressed with, right? No kidding. That's great. Yeah, yeah, really cool company. And uh, they're working hard, and their, their owners are clearly drinking the, the Kool-Aid. Um, you know, the other thing is, you know, Marcus, our, our dear friend Marcus, uh, you know, I'm, I love to, to quote this guy because he's just, he's done it all, right? Yeah, he's been he there, has, done yeah. that. He's just, Both he's King Kong, yep. right? And he is, you know, assignment selling, right? Real, real basic uh, premise of, I'm going to send you some stuff. Before I meet with you, I'd like you to go over that, right? So that's usually my litmus test as well. And, of course, our friend that I just mentioned, Cliff Pollan, yep. uses Postwire, which allows us to see when yep. our clients open something and how often they've opened it. So I can test that client. And, uh, you know, again, through the uh, magic of analytics, right? Yeah. Hey, did you read that? Well, if I know they didn't open it and they tell me they did, we've got a problem out of the gate, right? That is fascinating. Okay, so that right, we've got one minute before this break, but this is brilliant because you did answer that question with a another great tie-in because if I heard you correctly, um, before you meet with a client or or at some point, whether you after you met with a certain per- person or the client, but when you're talking with a big boss, if you will, you are trying to make sure that you know you can send them some easy to digest you know maybe articles or something about you know our upcoming meeting or about the importance of you know inbound marketing whatever it is but that you use that as a test to see if in fact they're going to look at it and if to they me, it tells it, me yep their level of engagement and or interest that's right? brilliant absolutely brilliant Folks, we're going to take a quick break. We're talking with my buddy Ellen Blevins from Focus Inbound. Stay tuned. We will be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've got a great product, and it's now on the store shelves at all the major big box retailers. So what's the problem? You are getting squeezed. Cost reductions are demanded from the retailers, and they are not letting up. So what are you going to do? You can give in and watch your margins disappear and hope you can make them up with other clients or with other products. You can say no and watch the retailers make deals with your competitors. Or you could say yes, because you've discovered a way to increase your margins and even get lost margins back. At StandUpPouches.net, we live and breathe flexible retail packaging. We have factories that can run as few as 5,000 pieces and scale to millions without any change in quality. We are ISO 9000 and ISO 14000 approved and offer complete supply chain solutions using our Ohio warehouse. Your retail packaging is the voice of your brand. Don't use inferior packaging. Choose packaging that not only protects, but keeps products fresher for longer while building your brand. To learn more, visit us at www.standuppouches.net or call us at 866-440-2123. 
The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Ditch the Box with David Marinak. If you'd like more information about our program, send David an email to david at standuppouches.net. That's david at standuppouches.net. Now, back to Ditch the Box. Welcome back to Ditch the Box, ladies and gentlemen. Talking with my friend Owen Blevins from Focus Inbound. So, Owen, all right. So, we talked a little bit about getting the buy-in. We talked a little bit about, you know, um, kind of like this inbound marketing kind of, I guess, not process, but industry and all the tentacles, sort of some of the tentacles. But let's talk about focus inbound and, and take us through the, the, the hypothetical scenario for someone that's getting started with your particular team. Let's say I'm in the packaging business and pretend uh, we sell point-of-purchase displays, these displays you see in grocery stores, et cetera. Now, I know I need to do something to save my business or get it to the next level. It's not going to be that, that, that drastic. But what are some of the questions you guys and your team are going to ask as we get started in this world of inbound marketing? Well, so believe it or not, you know, we, I'm going to want to talk to the uh, feet on the street, the troops, right? Not necessarily the ownership. I want them in the room to hear this, but I, you know, I want to talk to the salespeople. I want to talk to the back-end people, people that are interfacing with prospects and clients. And as you know all too well, what we want to get them to do is tell us what questions their clients right. and prospects right. are asking them, right? It's, right. you know, again, to, to um, borrow from Marcus Sheridan, right? They ask, you answer, right? right? So, you know, everybody, if you, you look at 90-some percent of the blogs that you go on to B2B, B2C, they're horrible. They're brag books. They're talking about themselves. They're yeah, talking they're about commercials. awards. They're talking about this, that, and the other thing. I don't care about that as a consumer. What I'm looking for are answers to my questions, right? I want to know what this particular product's going to do, if people like it, how it operates, uh, what this service consists of, what this software is going to do for me, how much it is, right? Compare it to other products in the market. That's what a consumer wants to know. A site visitor wants to know that. And, you know, again, if you don't provide that on your website, if you don't provide, you know, and clearly every, this is a very controversial topic, pricing, right? Right. Everybody thinks, well, I'm not going to put pricing on my website for God's sakes. They won't have a reason to call me or my competition will know that, right? Right. Right. And, and, you know, those are, you know, we know that that's a, that's a joke. You need to have pricing on there because again, put yourself in the visitor's shoes, when you go to a site and want to get a price and don't find it, what do you do? You bounce out. You go to the next one. You never come back, right? So when you share that with clients in that manner, obviously, it, it, it's a wake-up call. Because everybody, nobody thinks like the client when they're on their website, right? 
they'll think like a client when they're when they are a client and going right. to Amazon or you know uh, as you mentioned a point of purchase display company so on and so forth you know and again if if we were to use that scenario that you you asked me about you know, what would I do I would I would I would get the conversation going around what that client and or prospect what what their pain points are what's what's a challenge for them right so i want to make sure that they know i understand their world right i want to make them feel as though i'm consciously competent about what goes on in their world i want them to see that i'm a subject matter expert right and i can clearly articulate and provide information and educate these people. Those are the biggies, right? And then everything else comes in after that, right? Then we got to put that, that uh, machine, if, right. if you will, together, yep. right? Yep. Having a blog by itself isn't necessarily going to cause anyone to take action. We have to think again, like the visitor is thinking and say, okay, so they've digested this content. What should we serve up to them next? Should it be a video that is similar in nature but maybe takes it to the next step? Should we ask them if they'd like to uh, download an ebook? Yeah, or see a video. <laughs> right, yeah. right. And today that's a pretty mature industry, so you know, a lot of people don't like to give their email addresses, right? You know, they, they guard that property of theirs very judiciously. Why? Because that's ours to give, and we know what's going to happen. We're going to get bombarded. You know, right. typically when we give an email address to someone, it's like, oh boy, here it comes, right? Yep. Yep. And so we have to be very respectful that that person is giving us something of value, immense value to them. And in return, we have to give them something that they feel is of greater value, right? So that call to action really has to sell the sizzle, not oversell, but sell the value of whatever we're giving to them if indeed we're asking for an email back. You know, some of that content is gated, Yep. In, in so far as asking for an email address or a phone number, some yeah, of it is just something, yeah. right? Some, some of it we just give. We just give away, right? So certainly you're not going to gate a video, right? Uh, for the most part. I mean, I would say, you know, 99% of people are not going to give you an email address to look at a video. That's just not the way things happen. With YouTube out there, you know, with billions of videos out, to, out there to view on almost any subject imaginable, I, I, I'm – Fairly confident in saying this, that there's a very, very small subset of people that would be willing to give you a, an email for a, an exchange to watch a video. Right. So, right. you know, there now maybe after that video is done and you've educated or informed them, then you might have earned a little more right to ask for something, right? And then that gets that whole lead nurturing uh, going, right? So we, we educate and inform. Uh, we, we share information. We put them in that lead nurturing bucket. And again, we, we don't blast them. Right? We, don't, we, don't, we, we have to be very mindful of how we're appearing to that prospect, David. And it's important that we maintain that at all times during this process because if you violate that trust, they're going away. So you really need to err on the side of caution when you're sharing, when you're, when you're asking someone uh, to review content. Because again, that, that email inbox, I don't know about yours, but mine is virtually unmanageable. I, it is. I, it's crazy. It's crazy, right? right? I think if my clients knew how many unread emails were in my box, I'd be in trouble. I just said that on radio, didn't I? Oh, well, <laughs> it's anyway. All, it's all good. Anyway. <laughs> hey, we'll blip over that. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll blip <laughs> that up. 
<laughs> hey, listen, I, I think I'm, I have good company on that one. There's, there's oh, yeah. a lot of people that are fed up oh, with yeah. email. So you know, we have to be real careful when we ask, uh, ask someone to read a, an email. It has to have value. It has to have great content. Uh, it has to inform and educate. I keep repeating myself here, but I want people to understand that this is not a sell, right? This is, we're not selling anything. What we're doing is educating and informing. We're, we're forming relationships. We're getting people to know, like, and trust us, Yeah. right? And that's when people make the decision to buy, when they, they buy from people they know, like, and trust, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt real quick because I, <laughs> there's, there's a couple of key things that I, I really want to – A, I want to follow up with what you said, and then B, I want to kind of dig into the, the whole nurturing thing. But to follow with what you said before that we both learned from Marcus Sheridan is, is the questions. I want to make sure our audience understands that one of the easiest way – easy is the wrong word to say – but one of the most effective ways – to uh, really and truly boost, I guess you could say, um, traffic, visitors, what, I guess engagement is probably the better word, Owen, um, is to answer every possible question that your salespeople, your staff, your folks get on a regular basis. If you're dealing in a voice over IP system, um, how many, you know, what do people ask on a regular basis over and over? How long does it take to set up? How much does it cost? Of course, you mentioned pricing. Uh, what kind of equipment do you get? Is there something? What happens if the internet than, goes down? It, right? Exactly. All, all do those questions. A, all that stuff. And and while people quickly assume they go, oh, everybody knows the answers to that. No, they don't. Nope. People need to be told, and it needs to be it needs to be phrased as a question, and it needs to be answered um, as an answer to that question, and and that's how you you know the most effective way to get started in this world. Now you and that so that's one of the key things, and we both and that's still very very true today, very very true today. It doesn't it hasn't changed. It's not going away. But the other thing you mentioned was the nurturing. Now I want to stay with that because. You know, the educating and informing, um, and you kind of pull them, pull them, you know, into your world, if you will, and, and get them to trust you. But that nurturing thing, that staying in touch with them, there is, and I'm, I'm just throwing this out there for you, there is no etched in stone one week at a time to follow up or one month or whatever. That's, that's the science that a Focus Inbound really brings to the table, if you will, because it's not – there is no etched in stone how you stay in touch with these people and, and nurture yeah, no, them. No two businesses or industries are, are the same. I, I would tell you it, it clearly um, – it, it's, it's a feel, a, a sense that you get along with your client. Again, we're, we're, we lean on clients heavy for this stuff, right? You know, talk to me about your sales cycle. Right. How many how many touch points are there with you and a client or pardon me, a prospect prior to them becoming a client? You know what? Walk me through your sales cycle. Walk me through your sales process. Right. How does someone discover you? And then once they do, what's the average time it takes them to make a decision? And then, of course, you know, one of my favorite things, you know, lead scoring. Right. Getting someone's, you know, okay, this person has been to my site now. 15 times over the last two and a half months, they have consumed these seven blogs, these six videos, they've downloaded two white papers, and they've been on my pricing page twice versus someone that was maybe on the page a couple of times, uh, looked at uh, maybe your um, 
oh, your e-commerce site and then dart it over to a, maybe a blog uh, but didn't download anything, they're going to have a different score assigned to them, right? So clearly those are two prospects but at different stages or, or psych of that cycle, right? And each one has to be treated individual, as an individual. You can't just kind of throw everybody into a bucket and spray and pray. So that's where that critical thinking comes in, David. How do you treat that one client or, pardon me, prospect that has, you know, if you will, um, consumed a significant amount of your content? How do you get the one that hasn't to consume additional content, right? So we have to think about both of those. And that all starts out with the, you know, uh, understanding the persona, right? And, and for, for those in your audience who don't know what the word persona means, it really is, you know, what is the... Uh, I would call it a mythical image of your ideal prospect or yeah, client. Yeah, who are you talking to, right? Right, who are you talking to, right? So if, uh, you know, in, in your case, or well, let's not use yours, it's a little too easy. Let's just pick one. Uh, oh, gosh, uh, how about a medical? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, say we're medical sales and we're selling um, I don't know, med- medical equipment, right? Okay, who's, who's making the decision to purchase that for a hospital, right? Okay, certainly there's a... Uh, you know, a buyer, right? Someone that's in charge of buying for the hospital. But who's doing all the, who's educating themselves, right? Typically, the, the person that's making a decision isn't necessarily buying the equipment. You might have a team of people. So you have a couple of personas there you really have to drill in on, right? So is it a research assistant? Is it a, an actual, you know, is there a doctor making some is of these decisions? Tech? Yeah, is it a tech that's going to use the equipment? Right. And, and how are you going to... Um, provide content, what type of content are you going to provide to them and how are you going to furnish that to them, right? Is it going to be video? It's going to, is it going to be blogs? Is it going to be white papers, uh, testimonials, right? Um, you know, all kinds of neat things to do with that. Um, but clearly that's going to be a unique persona. And if you don't talk to them, it's going to be very clear to them you don't understand their world. So you really have to understand that persona. What, what are their challenges? What needs do they have? How do they think, right? Um, you know, what's their level of trust? Um, how, much, how much knowledge do they have about the product they're shopping for, right? So these are all going to tell you how to engage with that, with that prospect. And ignoring that is a huge mistake. And I see that happen a lot. People don't spend enough time on these personas. And consequently, they don't have the success ratios that they should be getting. And you know, when we tear down the, you know, if you will, peel back the layers of the onion, uh, we see some, some initial flaws with what I call persona development. And you know, a lot of times we'll go back to the drawing table and, and redesign that and, and rethink that out. And, and, just, and again, I talked about you know, killing some brain cells. Holy cow, this is heavy lifting, David. It's right. a lot of work. Right. But once you unlock the keys to the persona and how that person thinks, oh, makes it so much easier, right? Just. Well, and, and to stay with that, too, um, it's also adding to that. One of the things I think you mentioned in our first segment is the data, the ability to see and look to see, um, so you come up with the personas, if you will, and, and, and that's, I, I totally buy into that. I agree 100%. But to do your homework, if you will, and to see that visitor consumed these four articles, spent two, uh, had two visits on our, you know, spent two minutes on our, on our actual storefront, 
and consume this, watch this PowerPoint or whatever. And that, and and I also see a lot of companies who don't do that part of it as well, where they don't spend the time seeing or you know because it, it it is all connected. Like we said at the very beginning of the show, it's all connected, and you could really kind of go back and and really kind of make your pitch or or uh, form your pitch or form your approach, form your strategy for that particular client almost in a one-off, one-on-one opportunity. That's you know, correct. Here's where this client came from. Here's what they were looking at. Here's what they're interested in. And I'm not going to talk to them about widgets if they're clearly interested in this medical, you know, the the, the, the big machine. I'm not going to sell them the light bulbs if their their time is spent, you know, going on what this machine costs and what the overall machine costs. So it's it's just you, you hit it, you struck a chord with that in a very good way. Because that's really important for people to know. Yeah, and the other thing, again, since we're looking at this as, you know, it is marketing. Don't get me wrong. It is marketing, clearly. But it's marketing that people want to consume. We're not force-feeding them, right? right? So when I advertise, it's one-to-many. When I market like this, it's one-to-one, yep. right? Because one person is reading that article and saying, I relate to that. I get it. Yep. They get me. Right, I like this company because they're stating the challenges that I'm having. They know what my pain points are, and that is when you, you know, a lot of clients or prospects start to bond with those companies, right? And we've all done it. We've all been oh, clients. Yeah, sure. You know, this sure. company gets me, right? They they understand my pain points, and I'm I'm drinking the Kool Aid here. I like what they're saying, and I'm going to learn ties- more about that. It, it ties right back to the personas thing as well, because you've done the back end and seen where they've come from, but you also have planned to be prepared based upon who you're really talking to, what that person is, and if you if you skew, if you um, if you if you if you create your content based upon the personas that you've identified then you're one leg above everybody else who just throws it out that one, you know, I'm going to advertise one to many. But if you really have tied the both together is where I'm going with this, you know, the, the back end side of the kind of side of things, but also with that persona, you know, if the guy wants to consume and, and the persona of, of that particular person is he's on the go, he's running a million miles an hour, he doesn't have time, you're not going to give him a seven page white paper. You're going to give him something that he can consume very, very quickly and get the bullet points and, and it really, I guess you say, make a decision or at least kind of engage further. But so many people forget to tie them both together, too. And you just made a really good point that I wanted to make sure we emphasize. Well, so let, let me also tell you that you know, Google, as we, we talked about back in 07, we all tried to trick Google. Not all right. of us, but I'm just saying there are people right. out there, you know, by and large, SEO companies, you hired them to oh, yeah. get, get you number to the one. front page. Get right? number one. Right. right. Now, really, those companies have all but gone away. And what is, you know, the definition of SEO is really uh, great content, great blogs, great videos, great social media presence, um, great customer service, great reviews, great ratings, right? That all feeds into that SEO bucket, which anything by itself really doesn't have that much impact. But now Google is smart enough to know that that blog article that you wrote has a lot, a lot of teeth because it's getting shared by those who read it. The, the dwell time on the page is just off the hook, right? So Google's looking at all these indicators and saying, you know what? 
apparently this company knows what they're talking about because we're getting a lot of traffic to this page. People are staying there and they're sharing it, right? And yep. that's the beauty of having Google mature now, right? Because now there's no games, there's no tricks, Yep. Very difficult to fool Google anymore. And yep. in fact, if, if you try, you're going to be in trouble. Google can you know, blacklist you and just yep. take you off the, the radar. Right? They can take you off the map in a second. All that hard work that takes years to build up can be erased in a second. So you've got yep. to be so careful with that. And you know, I, I would say organic, organic, organic. That is the way to go. Don't right? cheat. Don't cheat. Don't cheat. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff here. Good stuff. I just I'm yeah. so... So delighted to, to be on your show today and talking about this because I think it's critical for everybody to understand whether or not they're going to do it or not to understand when they get to a website. And we, we know those websites that we like. We may not, you know, folks that aren't in our industry or my industry right. may not know why they like that site, but they, they have this feel like, boy, you know what? They're just just tripping over themselves to provide me with information and educate me. And look at the pricing and right. oh, you know, reach out to us if you want. Here's a video. Da, da, da. You just know when you're at the right website. You know, and it's not the look. It's it is. It's the, a feel. Uh, it's a feel. You know, the, it's definitely yeah. a feel. You're right yeah. on with that because we've yeah, all been there on those sites that you just there's a there's a feel there's a there's a you want to share it you want to tell other people about it there's there's just it's a feel and it's more and more um something i think everyone's kind of getting to as they spend more and more time online so yeah it's fascinating and so well, I'll, me, I'll oh go ahead that's okay i wanted to make sure that at least we kind of get this in if you can believe it we're nearing the end of our second segment so we we've barely got through what one or two questions i love hanging out with my buddy Owen Blevins by the way so um let me throw this out there what would be if somebody's starting from ground zero let's just kind of stay on that if there is a realistic timeline when they can expect to see traction, not not I'm not going to say results and making money and whatever proof it is, of life, but, yeah, proof <laughs> of life, proof that this is not a farce or yeah. so, uh, you know, I go think ahead. The, the the more immediately, I think you're going to sense something in your employees that they get it right. Yeah. So that that's your first indicator that you're probably doing something right now. What you're talking about is an ROI and or results, leads, right? Qualified leads and, you know, God forbid, sales, right? right. So when does that happen, right? So, well, it, it's, a, it's a road, and we talked about it being a journey. It's not something that you're going to implement tomorrow and have results, uh, astounding results within the next week or two or four or six. It's a as we like to say, it's a six-month commitment minimum, depending upon the industry you're in. There are some industries that are sleepy, which is good for those that choose to be uh, progressive and get into inbound. And then there are some that are what, what we call crowded. Um, there's a lot of content saturation. doesn't mean that there's a lot of good content. It just means that there's a lot of content saturation. Right, right, so right. good content still trumps everything, right? Just makes it a little harder, Right. So I would tell you a six-month commitment uh, is what we, uh, should I say, counsel our clients uh, to be prepared for. Um, I I agree. I agree on that. And it's changed. And the reason why I jumped in there is that we're emphasizing, we've done it a few times, we're emphasizing this is not a get, you know, get rich, you know, this is not a quick turnaround. This is not a... 
This is not the uh, let's save our business by starting this strategy and um, forget about everything else because this is this is part of the picture or puzzle, if you will. But this takes time. And Owen, it's so frustrating, and I know you're just as frustrated when you've got people that, yeah, 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 I hear what they're saying, but you know what? We can do it in three months. We can do it in three months. Yeah, 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 I know what they're saying, but you know what? We can do it in a month. It, it's not going to take that long for us because we're in the – whatever business. We're in the flooring business or something. Folks, we're here to tell you that at the end of the day, it's going to take that three minimum, six month really kind of world for you to really begin to kind of see some sign of life, as Owen said, but really and truly kind of get these get this this machine rolling. Well, and, so look at it look at it yeah, as, you know, uh, let's you opened up your bricks and mortar store. Yep. You expect to be at ramming speed on week one, yeah, week two? Right. No, you're going to build that volume of traffic right. up over the course of months, right? It's the same thing with an online strategy. It's going to take months to get up to speed. That's, a, one, that's the gonna, best way you put it. And, and, I, and I think so many people forget this, that, that really and truly, if you look back, to that bricks and brick and mortar kind of approach. You're right. You you would never put a store together and expect, even when in six months that you're going to be breaking even and no. turning a profit. This is something that's going to, you know, it's going to take a year or more. Why would you think online is going to be any different? It's just yeah. crazy. Yeah, and I will say you'll have uh, what I would I would consider uh, the, the biggest difference, obviously, to me is obviously it's virtual. You've already got a store established somewhere, right? right. Business established. If you're going right. to convert into inbound, then you know, it won't be as long as perhaps a conventional you know, bricks and mortar. But it, it clearly is a, at least a six-month commitment. Yeah. To, if you will, test the waters and make sure that you're, what you're doing is correct. Well, Bud, we're going to have to do this again because our time is up and we've barely gotten into anything else. But I love hanging out with you. This is great. Thank you again, Owen. David, thank you for the opportunity. Always a pleasure to speak with you. Thanks, buddy. And that's Owen at FocusInbound.com, 1-800-573-1890. Folks, until next time, remember, it's your product. Package it properly. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Ditch the Box. We're live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel. Please join David Marinak for another great show next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 